Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Mother's Day. I want to give honor publicly to my beautiful mother. You may not think that I'm great, but anything that you think of me, you can blame her, whether that's good or bad. No, but she is a beautiful, what you see is what you get. That is the God's honest truth. You run into her at the grocery store, what you see is what you get. You see her here on a Sunday morning. She'll be pure and authentic with you. And I'm just grateful for who, I say I'm blessed with the best, and I know it sounds cliche, but my Lord, it is the God's honest truth. So I give honor to you today. I do give honor to my pastor for allowing me to steal his pulpit today. I don't take it lightly to be in front of you wonderful people today. And I also give honor to Sister Tarina because without her in my life, I wouldn't be able to do what I do at the level that I do. So I thank her publicly. She might actually be serving in preschool. I'm not sure if she's in the building, but I just want to give her honor and say thank you. Um, She does so much for us, and I'm so very grateful that God has blessed us with her. Mother's Day is a joyous occasion, but I do realize I'm not naive to think. Can I get a little more monitor? I'm sorry. I thought I'd never say that. (laughs) A little more monitor up here. Um, I do realize that today is not, Mother's Day is not joyous for everybody. We're all at different challenges. Maybe you have a strained relationship with your mom. Maybe your mom is no longer with us, has gone to be in heaven, or maybe you are desiring to be a mother today and that has yet to come to fruition, or maybe you've lost a child and you're a mother here today. Wherever you are, I would just like to let you know that we love you and I commend you for strength, your strength that you had today to be here with us. If this is a tough day to you, I salute you for showing up. God bless you. Y'all ready to get into the word? I feel like God gave me something good today. I got my timer, so we got to talk fast. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to read from a, a popular scripture, passage of scripture that we are familiar with. If we can stand, as is our custom here, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. And that says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. If we jump down to verse 39, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So summed up, we could say, if we love God and we love people, we're gonna make it. But let me interject just something here very quickly. Children and kids are people. Sometimes we forget that they're in the process of becoming older people and they still have feelings and they still have emotions and they still have questions and attitudes right but if we could say love God and love people love our children and if we get this figured out it would be easy right but I feel sometimes it's a bit complicated to love God with our heart with our soul and with our mind and then on top of that God's asking us to love somebody else so my title today is keep it 100 We're going to keep it real in the house, with our heart, soul, and mind. Let's pray. God, I come to you today as humbly as possibly as I can. I'm asking that you would minister to our hearts, to our minds, to our spirit, God, that you would not leave us the same as we walked in, that you would challenge us, that you would push us, that you would help us to become a better mother and a better individual for you, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I realize that this is Mother's Day, and my... 
message that I have here is geared towards a little bit towards mothers, but everybody else up there doesn't mean you get to check out, okay? Because I feel like God has given me something for the church, so I want you to stay with me, and I want you to stay connected with me. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. First in the heart, I'm not surprised that Jesus started with the heart, because the heart is where our passion is. And if I'm being honest, at sometimes we have lost our passion as a church. This has become just a boring religious thing that we do because the church has lost its passion. It's become a set of rules or regulations rather than something that lives out of our spirit. And we can attest that the longer that you walk with God, that passion begins to diminish. So if you think about, hey, I, I didn't come to the Lord in this journey of my life with God until I was 30. And now maybe you're, you know, five months into this, five years into this, you can look back and say, hey, my passion isn't as fierce as it was back then. And when I was 18, you know, I was passionate. I was, up at the, I was, I was raised in church. So I'd go to camps and I was raised and I'd be at the altar saying, God, I'll go anywhere for you. I'll be a missionary, but please don't call me to do that, but I'll do it if you call me. But Jesus really, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. But, and I was passionate. I was passionate about the things of God. And, you know, then I got to my 20s and I was passionate about coffee wasn't so passionate about the things of God as much, but coffee and all my 20 year olds out there, mid twenties, right? You get passionate for the Lord and then it drifts into coffee. And then I'm getting older and I want to get married and I'm saying, God, I want the man that you have for me, the one, my soulmate out there. And then most of you don't know this, but I was engaged a couple times before my husband. We can talk offline before about that. Okay. But I went through little things in my life, engaged, you know, I, anybody that asked me to marry them, obviously I said yes, okay? That's just where I was. I don't know if I was desperate, I don't know if I just felt, I don't know. You know, so I'm saying, give me the man of my dreams, and I'm going through all this stuff, and so I was like, okay, God, I'll give you a little wiggle room. Just give me a man that loved you, that wants to go to church, right? So I gave God a little wiggle room, but then you get older, and people are having kids, and buying houses, and all this stuff, and then one day I look in my 30s, and I say, where is everybody? Where is everybody that was at that altar with me, kneeling down, linking, linked arms together, that was passionate about the things of God? Life peels off, and we don't know where everybody is. And I'm thinking, I didn't realize that I signed up for this until I got a good job. I didn't realize that I signed up for my relationship with God until I got a good family or I got my degree. I didn't realize I was using God for a better lifestyle. But where is everybody? Where's the passion that burns inside our hearts? And we have settled. We have become mediocre, middle-class Christians. That we go to church on Sunday and we sit around and wait for the world to die. God didn't call us to a place of security and safety and comfort and convenience. He called us. He didn't say arrive to death safely. No, no, no. God called us to be risk takers in our faith in sharing the word of God. And he rescued you so that you can be a rescuer to somebody out there. Amen. But he needs your heart. Or it's just a boring relationship that we have with God. And revelation tells us you have left your first love. And pastor had this revelation a while back about this scripture. You have left your first love. You didn't lose it. When you lose something, you don't know where, to, where it's at. I just had my keys. I just had my wallet. And the older you get, the glasses are on your head, the keys are in your hand, right? But that's a different, different time. You, when you lose something, you don't know where it's at. You're tearing up drawers, everything. Revelation tells us you have left it. When I leave my house, I choose to get into my car, drive away, and leave my house. 
when you have left your first love. So where are you? Have you left it? Have you walked away from the first, your first love for God? There ought to be a pep in our step. The Bible tells us we're a peculiar people. If you've ever used that word peculiar, they're very peculiar. They're memorable. They're, out, they're outgoing. They're, you remember them. So the Bible tells us that we are a peculiar people. The funny thing is, is like an affair in the natural, we can have, it could be the same with God. You could be in church this morning and be miles and miles away from God. Just like you can be in the same room with your spouse and be miles and miles away. You're reading God's word, but you're drifting miles away in terms of your heart, in terms of your attitude, in terms of your spirit. Philippians 3 says, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. Once we stop pressing, listen to me, we become bored. Preaching isn't dynamic. The worship isn't anointed. Church is just rules and regulations. Once we stop pressing, we must continue to press to keep that passion and our heart alive. We have got to keep pressing. And when your passion dies, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your household. It affects your kids. It affects your spouse. And you start drifting and allowing things into your life that you would have never allowed in your life. You start justifying things in your mind and in your heart so you can sleep at night. Your passion is gone. And whether we believe it or not, our children, they sense that. A lot of us have young children, and we think, oh, they're three. They don't know the days of the week. They don't know if we went to church on Sunday. They sense it. They know. Kids are smart. Have your kids ever called you on something? I, I mean, my daughter, you know, you guys, some of you have met her. If, if not, count yourself blessed. But <laughs> she will straight up call me out on things and be like, well, you do it. And I go, okay, so are we going to McDonald's or what? Like, <laughs> I don't even have a comeback. But when your passion dies, it affects your children, it affects your spouse, it affects your household. We've got to keep our passion alive. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. My second point here is your soul. And I'm going to spend a little time on this one here because this is where most of us get tripped up. So let's say you come to a service and you have a scar on your hand or your face or whatever. Something visibly that you can see on your hand. You come up to the altar, you experience the most powerful thing here on earth, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the most powerful thing that you could ever experience in your life. You come up, you experience the presence of God like you have never felt in your life, the most powerful thing here on earth. You go back to your seat, you look at your hand, you still have that scar. That doesn't seem weird to us, right? That seems normal. But why is it different with God? Why do we come to God with a wounded soul receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and expect that everything is going to be okay. Okay, now God is, is a miracle-working God. I stand here knowing that God can do zap things like that. He wants to do it, he'll do it. But our Christian life is an ongoing renewal, allowing God to renew us daily. We are not so healed that we do not need the Spirit of God or the presence of God in our life. Amen? It is a renewal every day, every day day in and out in and out so we come up here and receive the gift of the holy spirit and we think that our soul is completely fine it's a renewing every single day and we have all these emotions i mean with mothering oh do we have emotions right we wonder why are we snapping at our kids why are we so edgy why are we struggling so much 
Can I offer to you that maybe it's because you not, have not allowed God to bring healing and wholeness to your soul realm. So oftentimes we think if we read more, if we pray more, if we fast more, if we sit down and do more Pinterest craft things with our kids, if we're more intentional with our parenting, if we, you know, give more at the church of our time, our finances, then it will work out. But what happens is, is we set these expectations up so high and we can never reach them. So we feel like a failure and the pressure of feeling like a failure, a lot of times will cause us to walk away from God or walk away from being intentional with our parenting or being a mother because they're so up here and we can't reach them and nobody wants to feel like a failure. So the other option is to just throw in the towel and give up and not do it. And we want the benefits of God. Who doesn't want God's peace? Who doesn't want his joy? Who doesn't want his forgiveness? Who doesn't want his mercy? We want the benefits of God. But hear me, we get scared to let God do some soul searching, some cleaning, some rearranging within our soul. And some of these things that we struggle with, I'm speaking to moms, but I'm also speaking to anybody that will listen to me, okay? (laughs) Some of these things that we struggle with, they are so deep down within us that we think if we don't talk about them, if we don't bring life to them, that they'll eventually die. If we don't deal with them, they'll eventually die. So we think. That's how it should work. But it doesn't work that way. And I'm not encouraging you to sit here and dig up everything that's down in that soul. Okay? Because we're not trying to do marriage counseling tomorrow. But, or, you know, mothering all that good stuff. I'm not saying that you need to dig down deep for it. But I am saying that God will reveal it to you. And here's my challenge. When he does, you've got to move. And you've got to act on it. When you become a mother, you will deal with things that you have never dealt with before. Fears that you didn't know were there. Bitterness and anger that you didn't know was there. I never knew how impatient I was until my two-year-old wants to put his shoes on and we got to be somewhere in five minutes. No, I do it myself. I do it myself. I said, no. mm -mm." I said, I'm up to here. Okay, I use Sister Mary's thing. I'm up to here and I ain't that tall. I got all the comebacks that you want to this little thing, but no. I didn't know how impatient I was. I thought I was just this cool, calm, collective, cool person. And then I had a child, and I became a mother. And everything I thought about myself was no longer there. But God will use moments like that to bring up things that are within your soul that needs to be worked on. And I'm challenging you today, don't sit there. When God reveals that to you, don't justify it. You own it, you work on it, you pray through it, and you change it. Okay? you got to own it. When God shows you something, he's revealing something to you. Our kids show a lot of who we are. And when God does that to you, you own that and you say, I've got to become better. I've got to do better. I've got to change. So the blood of Jesus sets people free. But I'll be honest, many of us sit in here like it doesn't. We believe it. We want to sing it. We want to speak it. But when we have to believe it for our own situation or ourselves, because we just say, you don't know what my husband did to me. You don't know what my family did to me. You don't know what my coworker did to me. You don't know what a, fam- a family member did to me. So we live years justifying what the Bible doesn't say, and we will void out what the word of God does say. That's not right. We have got to take the promises of God. And we also live in a society where if I, no motivation to change. If you don't like me and all my issues and all my drama, that's on you, right? 
That's your problem. It's not my problem. So we have something else that's going against the grain of having us to change. So if you're not getting into the word of God and you're not asking God to reveal things to you and you're not acting upon what he reveals to you, the society's not going to help you. So you've got to be intentional. And we sit here and we don't want to change anything, but we want to whine about the same story over. Can some of us just get new stories by now? (laughs) The bottom line is, is you believe this stuff or you don't. That's the bottom line. If you believe God can heal you, you start speaking it over your life. If you believe God can deliver you, you start speaking it over your life. You believe that there's freedom in depression, start speaking it over your life. The bottom line is you believe it or you don't. Sugar-free right here, right, Pastor? Sugar-free. But because of our brokenness, we keep God out of those places. We get saved, and our spirit is born again, but our soul is wounded our souls are damaged because we have put up walls that we will never be hurt like that again we will never trust like that again and we put padlock after padlock after padlock over our souls on the outside we're giving we're gifted and a lot of times we want to be promoted with our gift but our soul is damaged And your gift will take you very quickly where your character will not keep you. The gift that is in you will destroy you because what is in you will not sustain you. We are gifted people. But it will destroy you if your soul is not healed. Because it will not sustain you to keep that gift. God is doing a work in us each and every day. We want to short circuit that and we want to speed up to the part where our gifts and our talents are on display and God's using us and our name is in lights. We want to bypass all of the help. We want to be recognized for our gifts. God wants to work in you, but we've locked him out. And we pray and we've said this and I've been guilty of this. God, give us a visitation from you. You know why we like a visitation? Because you don't stay. When someone visits your home, they leave. So when someone comes to my house and I have a visitor, you better believe I'm chucking everything upstairs. I go, okay, Zadie, if anybody walks past these stairs, you scream like somebody's trying to kidnap you, okay? Like nobody allowed up there, no bathroom, no nothing, whatever, okay? Because we got everything up there, right? And then they, oh, my candle's going on, on the first level. Oh, welcome. We've been waiting. Thank you. God bless you. Because that's a visitation. I know when they leave, then I can make the kids clean upstairs. No, I'm just kidding. When they leave, I'll handle upstairs. That's the same with God. We want a visitation because we want to fill his spirit. We want to fill his power. We want to fill his anointing. But don't come moving in because I don't want you working up in here. I just want to fill you, but I don't want to be changed by you. That's why we want a visitation from God. So imagine mothering. Imagine being a young adult. Imagine parenting. Imagine being a young person, a single person with a wounded soul. As us moms, do you know how much mothering from a wounded soul affects your patience with your kids? Affects your love? Affects your support, your affection that you give your kids? And the scary part is, is that our wounded soul moms that we don't deal with could be developing another wounded soul right under our same roof because we're mothering from a hurt and broken place. It'll affect your spouse. It'll affect your children if you do not allow God to heal you. 
We must be intentional with mothering. Our kids can't just get whatever mood comes out or whatever brokenness is seeping out of our soul. That's not right. A lot of times we just lash out on them in anger or frustration because of something that's wounded or broken in our soul, but we lash out at them because there's no repercussions. Because if they try to back dog, right? But you have control and you can do it because you're not going down to the grocery store and lashing out at the lady checking you out. So you have self-control, but your kids, if I yell at them, if I get onto them, there's no repercussions. They can't say nothing. They can't defend themselves, but that's coming from a wounded soul. And this isn't just for mothering or parenting. This is for relationships in your life. We lash out at people that think that there's, when we think that there's no repercussions. So we need to ask ourselves this morning, why are we feeling jealous? Why are we feeling threatened? Why are we feeling out of control in this area? And we need to look at those broken areas in our life and the woundedness, and we need to ask for help. We need to give the best versions of ourselves to our kids, moms. The best version. Being a mother is hard. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Oftentimes, like, I wonder, like, God, why did you think I could handle these kids? Why me? What did I do? And then my mom says, you know, she was just like, she's just like you. And I'm like, well, then how did I make it to my 30s? Can we talk about that? Like, why are you not in jail? I'm in the grave. Like, I don't understand it. The only comeback she has is like, well, we had different personalities. I go, that is true, because I'm 100% my father. So... <laughs> But we need to ask ourselves of this brokenness and this woundedness. We need to get into those areas, moms, young person, single adult. We need to get into those areas and allow God to heal some brokenness in our souls. And let me just tell you, a lot of us, you know, are working moms. Some of us are stay-at-home moms, whatever the case may be. Wherever you work, wherever you volunteer, wherever you give your time, you can be replaced. Okay? 100% you can. If something happened, you can be replaced. You cannot, hear me, cannot be replaced in your home. You are irreplaceable under your roof with your kids. Whether they are adults, whether they are babies and know what's going on, whether they're toddlers, you cannot be replaced by any other person in this world. But any other area of your life, you can. So if sometimes you've got to look at motherhood that black and white and just say, my children need me, I cannot be replaced to help you get through a rough day, then you've got to look at it that way. Because it's rough. Some days are rough, right? And that's when everybody needs, like not only do your kids need something from you, but everybody else needs something from you. Your job's calling you, your neighbor's calling you, everybody's calling you, and you're just trying to keep your head above water. We have some rough days. But search your soul, moms. Search your soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is my last point here. Your heart and soul will reveal your potential, but your mind is what will take you to your destination. And a lot of us sitting here today will never fulfill what God has called us to do because the issue is in our mind. We are just one thought away from being on the wrong path. We are just one thought away from being down in a dark hole of depression. One thought Paul tells us to keep every thought into captivity, to lock down our thoughts, to lock down your mind before it takes off. The Bible also tells us do not be transformed by this world, but by the renewing of your mind, renewing of your mind. That means daily we've got to put this thing in check. Daily. Not when, when you're having a good day, when you're having a rough time. Daily by the renewing of your mind. So our thoughts are like a train. 
They take us somewhere, right? And when you take a train, you wait for the right one before you get on because you don't want to go the wrong direction. So many, many years ago when we were, um, pastor had just come to, to Temecula and we did a whole, like a trip with in, in New York with a handful of people from church. So one of the days the ladies were going to go shopping, you know, me, my little strong type A personality, I was like, yeah, I was probably like 12. Yeah, I got this. Don't you worry. I'll get in there. And you know, my beautiful mother and her personality is just like, you sure? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. So we're going to have a shopping day. We get on the subway. Each stop that goes down, I'm getting more and more scared. It's getting more and more ghetto, more and more ghetto. And we finally, I don't even know where we end up, but it, we ain't in Kansas anymore, okay? And they're all looking, there's probably like five of us, and they're all looking at me. They go, how did we get here? I, I don't know. But we got on the wrong train. We didn't get off when we were supposed to, and we didn't get on when we were supposed to. And that's the same thing with our thoughts. A lot of times we end our day, and we're back into the the place of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and resentment and shame and guilt and lust and greed. And we ask God, how did I get here? I didn't see my life here. Why am I here? And God is telling you, you got on the wrong train of thinking that led you back to what I delivered you from. And when we get in a certain way of thinking, it is quickly evident in our mood and the interaction with our children. You know that saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But how many, come on, if we're being honest, women or moms or whatever, one thing happens and, that mo- and the whole house is like, Whoo! we don't realize how much power and control that we have, right? Because there's been times the kids are like going nuts and my husband comes in from, you know, working out and he's like, ah, all de-stressed and everything. And I'm like, where is the chip clips? You know, and he's like, the chip, what are you talking about? You know, and I'm like, Zadie broke this chip clip. Next time threw that one away. And you don't ever put the chip clip on the bag. You know, it's like, whatever, it's about chip clip. And then when I calm down, I'm like, are we talking about like where I can get five of them for $3 at TJ Maxx? That's what we're talking about? Okay. You know, so a lot of the times our mood and it's like evident because maybe we had a rough thought or something crossed our mind. And this is a quote that I love. It says, what we listen to determines your thoughts. What you listen to determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your feelings. Your feelings determine your actions. And your actions determine your results. What you listen to determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your feelings. Your feelings determine your actions. And your actions determine your results. So if you don't like the results that you're getting as a mother or as a a spouse or as a young person, what are you starting with? Because what you listen to, it'll affect your thoughts. And that's why every morning you need to ask God, guide my thoughts. Guide my thoughts. You need to listen to the voice of God. And the devil will make sure before you open up your eyes that the train of insecurity goes across the platform of your mind. That the train of doubt and anger and depression and anxiety rolls right past the platform of your mind. But you have to decide to wait for that right train that's bringing love, that's bringing joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, kindness. That's the train that we need to get on mentally because that's what our kids deserve. That's what my babies deserve is for a mother that is on a train of giving love and peace and kindness, not anger and bitterness. And that's why it's so important that you know 
the promises of God. So when the enemy comes in and he lies to you or that mom guilt sits in really thick, you say, no, 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 I'm the head, not the tail. I'm not just an overcomer. I'm more than an overcomer, right? My God says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But here's the thing. If you don't know what God says about you, how do you refute what the enemy says about you? You cannot. You can't combat with the enemy when he's telling you one thing and you don't have the promises of God to shoot back with. So you've got to latch onto the promises of God. And if you don't know them, there's a promise book. You get a highlighter. You text somebody and say, give me some promises of God. Because when the enemy comes to attack that mind and shift your thinking and change your thoughts, you got to have a way to come back. Because if you don't, you're going to roll over and play dead and he's going to win. And that's not what we're going to do. Amen. Pastor Mark, you can come. I'm wrapping up. So Jesus is telling you today, love me with your whole heart. Not the one that's on the verge of a heart attack. Love me with your soul. Not the one that's seeping hurt or anger. And love the Lord, your God, with all your mind. Not the mind that is tormented or so far removed from the truth or the promises of God. And he says, when you love me with all your heart, your soul, and mind, you will see who I really am. And I will show you who you really are. Can you imagine mothering from a place where you are so in love with God that the only thing that seeps out of you is gentleness, is meekness, is patience. We want to experience those things from God, but oftentimes we don't want to let it trickle down to the kids that we're raising. I don't think we do it intentionally. I really don't. We are good parents. We're good mothers. We're good individuals. But if we can get this down, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, we would checkmate the devil. We would checkmate him and leave him out of moves in our home, in our churches, in our city. And we release things, moms, in the spirit realm in our homes. We think, oh, they didn't see this, or they don't know this. They don't really know my childhood, my upbringing. But just because they don't know doesn't mean they're not affected by it. If you're not healing your heart and your soul. Could you stand with me today? So do you? Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, Mom? I believe we want to. I believe the desire is there. But there are barriers. There's barriers over our heart and our mind and our soul. And I pray that today we make some decisions that will allow us to love God with our heart and our soul and our mind. I'm going to pray over us. And when I'm done, I first want to invite all of you beautiful mothers. And if you come up front, that doesn't mean you're a bad mom. That doesn't mean you've messed up. It simply means I want to keep it real. I want to keep it 100 with God. I want to check my heart. I want to check my soul. I want to check my mind. So first, I want to open up this altar to you moms. And then after these beautiful mothers make their way down, Anybody in this sanctuary that you feel you just want to keep it 100. Maybe you think you are. 
And that's, I'm not saying that you're not, but maybe you can just do a, a quick assessment and say, God, if I'm not, reveal it to me. And then give me the strength to conquer whatever you're revealing to me. Asking God to reveal it to you is the easy part because he will. Putting in action and handling things in your life is where it becomes challenging. And God has to give you courage. So moms, would you make your way up here? And after our moms come, if this is ministered to you or you just kind of want to check your spirit or your heart or your mind, I invite you to come. Or if you just want to experience the power of Jesus and this is your first Sunday, I invite you to come. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.